0: Well, hello and God bless you. Welcome to com, where we are here with the word from the Lord to help keep you encouraged to stay on the wall for the Lord. My name is Bland, and as always, I give God praise, glory, and honor for being here with all of you on this episode number 279 of our podcast. Well, BCU family, I was tasked to teach a lesson at our church service, and I'd love to share that content with all of you. So please take this time to get your Bibles, your notebooks, something to write with, and settle on in. Blend encourages You is coming to you with family leadership and dysfunction. That's what's coming up next. everyone. We are going to get into our podcast content momentarily. Right now, I'd love to take a few moments to establish protocol. Whether you are a longtime listener or a first-time listener, we are so elated and we give God praise for you choosing blendcouragesyou.com as a source to get your encouragement through the word of God. And if you have not already done so, I'd love for you to consider making our relationship permanent. How do you do that? Well, let's start with where are you listening from today? Are you on the BlendCouragesYou.com site? Perhaps you're on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Podfriend, Podcast Guru, Player FM, Overcast. There are a myriad of different platforms where blendcouragesyou.com can be accessed. So whatever that platform is, wherever that is, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. And guess what? That gets you in as a part of the BCU family. Welcome. All right, BCU fam. So prior to getting into our podcast content, I thought that I would set you all up for what you are about to listen to. So a while back, our pastor, which happens to also be my husband, had asked me to teach the lesson for our church congregation. And in doing so, the Lord gave me the presence of mind to record that lesson so that I could share it with all of you. Now, the official title of the lesson is the Dynamics of Family Leadership, and it is based out of Genesis chapter 35, and there are some other chapters that will be coming up. We're going to do this in a series, and you're going to hear part one today. Now, with family leadership, we got into talking about things that run in the family, So for many of us, myself included, we all have different things that run in our families. And with that running in the family, we often don't consider that sin runs in our families as well, all of our families. And we can't help that because we're all born in sin and we are shaped into iniquity. The scriptures tell us that as a matter of fact, that Psalm 51 and one, if my memory serves correctly. So regardless of what uh, our families have done and any sort of prestigious types of things or how early they learn to read or if they're in politics or whatever it is, we all have sin that runs in our family and that sin is a dysfunction. Now, a dysfunction is defined as something that does not operate normally. And while that is a given, Based on what the word of God says, what we're here to talk about is, is that God operates even in dysfunction. He comes to save us and he can choose us even though we've got dysfunction in our family. So I don't want to give away everything uh, that we spoke on. So what I'll do is I am going to queue up our recording, have you listen in and be blessed. And then I'll come back afterward. Take a listen.
1: Amen. We thank God for you on live today. Amen. We bless the name of Jesus. God is truly a good God. Amen. And so uh, we thank God for life, health, and strength today. Amen. And we thank God for his holy word today. Amen. And God, amen, has uh, given us a word of encouragement today. Amen. And that is to keep looking up to him amen to keep trusting and believing in him today amen because if we do that amen we'll make it amen to the holy city amen if we keep obeying the lord jesus amen we'll make it to the promised land yes, we will. amen and so today we're going to amen uh have a word of encouraging uh uh words leave a word of encouragement thoughts with you today and and, and a word of God today, and amen, we're going to, amen, uh, do that through our uh, First Lady on today, amen, Sister Robinson, amen, from God's House of Deliverance, amen, and uh, let's give her a hand as she comes, and I want you to you,
0: God is a good guy. To murmur, you know, things happen, but then the praises should come up, and when you've got Jesus down on the inside, the praises just come on up, so God is good in my soul today, I want to thank the Lord for being here on today, for his mercy, and for his grace that continues to cover and keep us, I want to thank God for the pastor here today, for how he continues to support his people and to feed his sheep. I want to thank God for our mother who is in her absence here today and for all of you all that are here. And of course, Facebook, we thank God for you as well. So protocol has been established. Uh, the prayer has been prayed and we're going to get into the word of God and into our lesson. And let's see what thus says the Lord. So, in our lesson, the title is the Dynamics of Family Leadership. And we're going to be coming from, if you're reading along with us, uh, Genesis chapter 35. So for those of you all that are listening via Facebook, you can get there. We'll eventually get there, but we've got to talk a little bit before that. Mm -hmm. So Genesis chapter 35, the dynamics of family leadership. We've got a few things we want to cover. Where I want to go is into our unifying principle. And I want to read that and then I want to talk about that just a little bit. So it says here in our lesson that people often link family challenges they face in the present to challenges faced in previous generations. How do we overcome the problems we inherited from our families of origin? Now, when I looked at that particular passage or, or that paragraph, what came to me is what many of us say it runs in the family. We say that about a lot of things. A lot of times it's more like sicknesses and things like that. So, you know, if auntie had it, mom had it, and dad had it, and brother has it, and things are passed down from generation to generation that runs in the family. And all of us probably have things that run in our family, you know, as far as physical conditions and things are concerned. And when we know that, what do we do? We stay close to the doctor. We take our medications. We try to stay on top of those types of things because we don't want whatever that condition is to overtake us, right? And we want to be knowledgeable about about those things. Now, I have news that while we may have differing family illnesses, um, we all have something in common and that's called dysfunction. Now, it's a sensitive topic, but there's, there's truth to that. And we'll talk about that because in that unifying principle, it says that God called Jacob's fourth son, Judah, to lead a dysfunctional family from a family whose family would emerge the nation of Israel and one day God's chosen Messiah. And as I looked at that and was talking to the Lord about it, dysfunction runs in all families. Now, there's different degrees of dysfunction because as we are raised, we feel, well, listen, you know, someone so steals. That's not me, that's you know. That's my cousin, or so-and-so has this little habit, and, and that's them, and that's their dysfunction. But see, any of these dysfunctions, and when we think about the definition, a dysfunction is something that deviates from what's normal, from what's expected. That's the definition of dysfunction. And even though you may have a family member that does certain things, and we tend to categorize those things, the root of dysfunction is sin. And because we were born in sin and shaped into iniquity, the dysfunction comes along with us. Now, that's, that's the news. But the better news is that God can take care of that. And the dysfunction that we have, it doesn't disqualify God from using us. It doesn't disqualify God from choosing us. It doesn't disqualify God from saving us. So we don't want to sit in this dysfunction and say, well, this runs in the family and, you know, so-and-so didn't take me to church. And you may have that testimony, but God can call you out. He can do just that. And we're going to see how that works out here today. All right. Now, anything that doesn't line up with the word of God is a dysfunction. Amen. Anything that doesn't line up with the word of God. So this is why we need Jesus down on the inside. So knowing that we're dysfunctional, that's okay. We need to know what the antidote is, and that's Jesus. So before we get into our lesson, I've got to do some background. For those that know me, you know I love background. So we could jump right in. (laughs) Sister Jackie is clapping. I love background. So let's set everything up first, and then we'll get into our lesson. All right, so back in Genesis chapter 27, Jacob was fleeing from Canaan to go live with his uncle Laban after he had tricked uh, his brother Esau out of the birthright. Now, I say tricked like that because Esau did not quite make the right decision. Very often, when we say we're tricked, we like to blame the trickster. Now, I am not saying that Jacob was right for doing what he did. Esau could have made a better decision. Yes. It was a of stew, And you are giving up your rights as the oldest to get a double portion of your dad's inheritance and take leadership at the your father's death for a bowl of stew. Mm. I'm hungry, I'm a faint, the birthright's not gonna do anything for me. So he just wasn't thinking, he wasn't in his right mind. That's a dysfunction, Mm. amen? So you can see where the dysfunction is is there between the two brothers and between them. So the other thing that happened, and you all remember that Jacob and his mom conspired, they co-conspired, now that was some trickery to trick Isaac. Out of uh, blessing Esau over, over Jacob, yes. so that was a whole dysfunction. You all see that now. We got the mama in the mix.
1: Mama said, "Oh, let
0: the let the, let the curse fall on me. Let the curse fall on me." That sort of thing. So they they Isaac was older. He couldn't see properly. He thought something was wrong, but he couldn't quite put his finger on it. Nothing he can do. He's on his deathbed. So they conspired, and Jacob got the blessing over Esau, and it made. Esau angry, yes. angry enough to the point where he wanted to kill his brother, dysfunction. You all see the, 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 the dots are connecting, that's dysfunction. So now, you know, he's gotta go. <laughs> Rebecca says, listen, I, I can't be deprived of my sons. Uh, you gotta go to your uncle's house, stay there for a few days until his anger is cool and I'll send for you, Just, just go, just go. So he goes and as Jacob is on his way, his uncle's house, he has a dream. So what happens in the dream is, is that he sees this ladder and angels ascending and descending on this ladder. And what happens here is that the Lord lets Jacob know that all the people of the earth will be blessed through his offspring. And these promises that God was giving to Jacob, he had told to Abraham years prior, his grandfather prior. So this was just God confirming that Jacob was, he had something else that God was going to be doing with him. All right? So after this dream, Jacob wakes up. He's overwhelmed by awe and by fear. I had this dream, and I'm going to have all these nations under me and all these kinds of things. So he makes this connection between the Lord's appearance and where he slept, and he calls the place Bethel. Bethel means house of God. And he sets up a stone pillar to commemorate the spot. And that's all in Genesis chapter 28. So when you get a chance, you all want to read that so that you can have some continuity. Now, finally, Jacob makes a vow. And he says, if the Lord be with him and provide for his needs, and brings him back to his father's household in peace, because now he's on the run, right? He can't be where he needs to be, where God told him to be because of what happened between him and Esau. He says that he will make the Lord his God. So at that point, he wanted to make the Lord his choice. Amen. So he wanted this dysfunction and all that was happening and the anger and the trick, he wanted it to cease. So Jacob wanted to make a change. And that's at the end of Genesis chapter 28. So Jacob goes on to Laban's house and gets married and grows his family. And in the In the wake of all of this, there's an ugly incident where Jacob's daughter is assaulted in Genesis 34. We'll talk about that. And in revenge, her brothers annihilate or kill the entire town, leaving Jacob to fear retaliation. We'll get into that in just a little bit. So this brings us to our lesson now where God tells Jacob it's time to fulfill his vows by building an altar at Bethel. So now he has to do what God has told him to do. So that's going to take us to Genesis chapter 35. And I know we're starting at verse 22 in the lesson. We're going to start at verse 1 just for clarity. So if you have your Bibles, just go to Genesis chapter 35 and verse number 1. Give you a chance to get there. And God said to Jacob, Arise and go to Bethel and dwell there and make there an altar unto God that appeared unto thee. When thou fleddest from the face of Esau thy brother. Then Jacob said to his household and to all that were with him, Put away the strange gods that are among you, and be clean and change your garments. Let us arise and go to Bethel. I will make there an altar unto God who answered me in the day of my distress and was with me in the way which I went. And they gave unto Jacob all the strange gods which were in their hand and their earrings which were in their ears, and Jacob hid them under the oak which was by Shechem. So when we look at these these verses, these first four verses, what happened here is, is that Jacob heard the voice of the Lord once again. Now it's time for me to get up and to do what I am supposed to do. It's time for me to go back to uh, make sure that I can go to the land of my fathers. It's safe now for me to do just that. And because of his wives and how they had these foreign gods, he said it's time now for this to stop Mm -hmm. because God is God. He is the only God. And these strange gods and these earrings that have these different little... Uh, Curses and different little things. So we've got to get rid of that in order for us to do what God says to do We have to be singular and put off everything and we may not have little tiki's or or statues or things like that But anything that we put before God is a strange idol if I'm doing too much television That's an idol if I am overworking and don't have time for the Word of God That's an idol if I'm sleeping and I'm not praying that's an idol So we have to, to evaluate our lives What strange gods do we have in our midst? Even doing things for people, if God has not authorized us to do it, or if it's interfering with my prayer or reading time, those are strange gods. And we have to be mindful because we can't serve two masters. It's either one or the other. So we have to evaluate that. And then we want to be clean. Anytime in the Bible that garments are mentioned, it's what's going on on the inside shows up on the outside. So we need to clean up. What's going on on the inside? We can be beautifully dressed and we can look a certain way. We can do that. But God knows what's going on on the inside. Jesus is coming back for what's on the inside. The scribes and the Pharisees, they walked with their robes and had their phylacteries and, you know, they looked holy and pious and they prayed in public and gave all of what they wanted to in public. But their inside, Jesus said, was full of dead something that's dead, it stinks. There's nothing good there. So we want to make sure that we are where we need to be, down on the inside. People say, oh, the Old Testament is irrelevant. This is for our admonition. This is for our learning, and we can learn from this so that we don't go in the same direction. Oh, all of the Bible is relevant. Absolutely. Some of the customs may not uh, occur today but we can learn something from that. So we want to put away everything, any polluted garments, anything, because the Lord is coming back for us without spots, wrinkle, or blemish. Our, our garments have to be clean. So anytime there's a spot, if I, oh, let me take care of that right away. Uh, oh, let me stop that right away. And Pastor had said before I got up that we need to have a heart of repentance. So anytime the Lord brings something across our mind, we want to repent right away. People say, oh, i wait and repent before I go to bed. no. I'm repenting all day, <clears throat> all day. Lord, oh yeah, you know what, Lord, I didn't say that right. I didn't do that right. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I probably could have done that better, or I, I didn't hear you. I heard you, and I did what I wanted to do anyway. We need to repent about that right away. Those are spots and wrinkles and blemishes, and we can't get into the kingdom with those. Once we leave here, we can't do any cleaning. We can't, we can't put off anything, so we want to make sure that our garments are always clean and spotless before the Lord. All right, verse number five. Uh, back to Genesis chapter uh, 35, verse number five. So now that everyone's gotten rid of their idols and cleaned everything up, he buried them. Notice he didn't give them away. He didn't repurpose them. Oh, here he didn't try to sell them and get any money. He didn't do any of that. He buried those things. Let's get rid of it. Let's get rid of it all. All right, verse number five. And they journeyed, and the terror of God was upon the cities round about them, and they did not pursue after the sons of jacob and what that means is that with that whole massacre that uh simeon and levi did earlier uh they were afraid jacob was afraid that the 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 town was going to come after them but because god protected them because god was with them uh they were afraid actually of jacob so they decided you know what we're just going to leave it alone you know, even when you do things the wrong way, when God is with you and protects you, he will cover you. And that is, he'll deal with you later now. He'll deal with you later. He, he will definitely deal with you later, but he will protect and cover you when he's with you. That's what he does. That's the kind of God that we serve. And when I think about back in the day, when I was doing all kinds of stuff that I was big and bad enough to do because I was chosen, he protected me. There were times that I could have been out of here and lifted my eyes up in hell. He didn't have to do it, but he did. And he kept the enemy away. He kept him back. He got close. The enemy got close and he thought he got me. And, and, but he did not and I thank God for that and even in my saved days There were some times where I didn't always get it right family. I didn't always get it right But he rebuked the devourer and didn't him yeah. to come after me So sometimes the Lord does that for us now he got me later, but I thank God I'd rather get it on this side right. than to get up to heaven and, and stand before him and he says Depart I never knew never. you so we'll take the chasing and down here rather than getting up there There's nothing that can be done. All right Let's go to verse number six. So Jacob came to Luz, which is in the land of Canaan, that is Bethel. And he and all his people were with him. And he built there an altar and called the place El Bethel, because God appeared unto him when he fled from the face of his brother. And I just want to stop here for a minute because he was was afraid. He was fearful, and God came to see about him. And any time that we're facing fear... All we have to do is call on Jesus. Yes. I might, might not be able to get the person that I want to talk to, but the Lord is right here. So we can call on him at any point and any time and anywhere. And, and God has a way of just calming you down yes. and soothing you. And there's just something about the name Jesus. 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 There's, there's so much in that name, Jesus. And when you have him down on the inside... When you've got the Holy Ghost down there, the end, you just call Jesus. Jesus. He'll take you through whatever it is. The situation may not change, but he'll change your perspective and your outlook, and you won't feel that fear that you normally do. So we can call on him at any time. So God is with us. All right. Verse number eight says, and Deborah, Rebecca's nurse, died, and she was buried beneath Bethel under an oak, and the name of it was called Alan the Hoof. All right. Now, verse number nine says, and God appeared unto Jacob again, and came out of Pandoranum and blessed him. And God said unto him, thy name is Jacob. Thy name shall not be called any more Jacob, but Israel shall be thy name. And he called his name Israel. And God said unto him, I am God almighty, be fruitful, and multiply. A nation and the company of nations shall be of thee, and kings will come out of thy loins. Now can you imagine the Lord saying something like that to you? Ooh. And, and, and wait, this but wait, there's more. Verse number eleven says, And the land which I gave Abraham and Isaac to thee I will give it, and to thy seed after thee will I give the land. And God went up from him in the place where he talked with him. So this is not the first time that Jacob has had the name changed to Israel. We saw that a couple of chapters back. Now, Jacob's name means the supplanter. Supplanter uh, translated means one who grabs another's heel. We read about that earlier in Genesis. It also means a person who takes something that does not belong to them, a conniver. Someone who is underhanded. So that is connotated with the name Jacob. But Jacob wanted to make a change. We saw that earlier with the strange gods and all that. He's ready to put all that away. So his name is changed now to Israel. And that's significant for a couple of reasons. Now, Israel has a couple of different definitions to it. It means one who struggles with God, one who contends with God. It also can mean God fights for you. So that's his new name. So when we think about that, it also is prevalent because now you start to use the name Israel because that's the nation is now being called Israel. So now you hear children of Israel. That's what that means. Children of Israel. That's all Jacob. Amen. So this is a complete change from what has happened on before. So let's go to verse number 14 in Genesis chapter 35. And Jacob set up a pillar in the place where he talked with him. Ooh, talking with the Lord. I tell you, it's nothing, there's nothing like having a conversation and talking with the Lord. All right. Ooh, yes, on your pillow. It says a pillar here, but laying on your pillar, uh, in your car, washing the dishes, vacuuming. There's nothing like having all that right. conversation with the Lord. I love it. I love my alone time with Jesus. I'm just vacuuming Jesus. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Whatever it is that we do, we can converse with the Lord all day, every day. And that's what we're supposed to do. Amen. I love that. So he, he set up this pillar of stone and he poured a drink offering thereon and poured oil thereon. And he called the name of that place where he spake with him Bethel. All right. So Jacob is now Israel. He once again responds to God with an act of worship. He builds a stone pillar. And this is just a reminder that this is a special place where God is with him. Verse number 16. And they journey from Bethel. But there was a little way to Epirath, and Rachel travailed, and she had hard labor. And it came to pass that she was in hard labor, that the midwife said unto her, Fear not, thou shalt have this son also. And it came to that pass, verse number 18, as her soul was departing, for she died, she called his name Benoni, but his father called him Benjamin. So as the company starts to travel towards Bethel, uh, tragedy strikes here, and before they can reach their destination, Jacob's most loved wife, he loves, love, love Rachel, she passes away uh, after childbirth, so after giving birth to their second son, Benjamin, the first one was Joseph, and the second one was Benjamin. Verse number 19 says, and Rachel died and was buried in the way to Ephrath, which is in Bethlehem, and Jacob set a pillar upon her grave that is the pillar of Rachel's grave to this day. Verse number 21, and Israel journey, notice now the name change, an Israel journey, and spread his tent beyond the Tower of Edar. Now this gets us into our lesson, verse number 22 starts our lesson, and the subtext to this is the terrible disrespect. All right. And here, BCU fam, is where we will pause our podcast for today. I know, I know. I tell you, it was getting really good to me as well. I didn't want this to go too long. So obviously, if the Lord says the same, when we come back, we will do a part two and and finish up where we left off. And let me confess something to all of you as well. As I was listening right along with all of you, my attempt was to be able to do some written parts of the podcast while I was listening and I got so enamored with what the Lord was saying and it got so good to me BC fam that there were a couple of times that my hand just shot up in praise and typically when my hand shoots up like that uh, automatically my mouth opens <laughs> and I verbally give God praise and I had to remember that I was recording the session for you all so, I certainly didn't want my praises to drown out uh, the voice <laughs> of God speaking through me. So I had to muffle it, uh, suffice it to say. But uh, on my insides, I was rejoicing and giving God praise. And it's just amazing how He'll take His word. And uh, as you listen to it again and again, how He just continues to encourage and to bless and even to correct us. So I thank God for all of that today. So. Uh, with that BCU fam, prior to us signing off, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we come before you today, we want to thank you, Lord, for the portion of Word that we've heard and for letting us know that dysfunction does run in all of our families on some level. And all of us were born into sin and shaped into iniquity. So that's a dysfunction in and of itself. What we thank you for today, Lord, is that you are able to save us From that dysfunction. You're saving us from sin, Lord. You can deliver us from sin, Lord. You set us free from sin. You break those strongholds, and we thank you for that today. And we thank you because, Jesus, of your blood, because we can come to you, Lord, because we can ask, Lord Jesus, because we've got the Holy Ghost down on the inside because Lord Jesus, we want to be more like you. We thank you for blessing us to be able to serve you and to represent you well and to let people know that you are able, Lord, to save us from dysfunction so that we are able to be who you have called us to be in the name of Jesus. We thank you for this and for all things. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray and we bless you. Amen. So BCU fam, if anything was said here today that resonated with your heart, I'd love to hear all about it. So if you're not already on the BlendCouragesYou.com site, please make your way there. Go down to our conversation board and let's continue our conversation. All right, BCU fam, with everything that's been said and done, it is now time for me to sign off. Once again, this is Blend from BlendCouragesU.com here. I want to thank you all so much for your prayerful support and for listening in. And Lord will. And until the next time we are together, may our amazing God bless you, keep you, make His face to shine upon you and give you all peace as you stay on the wall.